0: Tell you we're in a series called The Christmas Playlist. and We've been talking about songs that we sing through, throughout the season, and we've been talking about their background and so forth, and we're gonna continue that just in a moment. I want you to know that uh, uh, several months ago, I was invited to, um, to come and meet with a senator. So in the invitation, I was thinking that I would go into a, a large room, because it was at a church facility, that I would be in a large room, uh, with you know, that would seat thousands of people, and there'd be two or three hundred of us in the room. Well, when I got there, uh, they sent me to a little room. I said, Okay, I'm used to this. See, <laughs> 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 my background, I'm used to them little rooms, you know. And so, we go in this little room. I, I went in this little room, and I, there's like 10 chairs right there. So, I just sat down. I thought they're gonna put a screen up, and I'm gonna guess i am watch from here because I didn't know if his security. had I didn't know. And so as I'm waiting, you know, I notice there's two or three more people come and sit in their chairs. And then finally, the senator comes in and sits in a chair. And so the, the meeting consisted of about 10 people. And we're in this, you know, we're sitting in a circle. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm looking around the room and I've seen some of these people I've only seen on television. And I'm like, man, you know, uh, what am I doing here? And so uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to sit here and be very, very quiet. Well, then they said, "Okay, we want to go around the room. Want everybody to tell who they are and a little bit about themselves." I said, "Oh dear God, yeah, I would just love to tell you." You know, at that moment, I had something very eloquent to say, but the only thought that was going through my mind, "Don't say anything stupid, Jeff. Don't say anything stupid, Jeff." <laughs> you ever been in those situations? And so, uh, but at the end of our meeting, uh, we were sort of standing around talking, and the senator was there. and His phone rang. He said. Uh, excuse me, uh, I need to take this call. It's the president. I'm like, oh, yeah, you go right ahead. It was, it was crazy. The reason I share that story with you is because I got an invitation. And when we talk about this song, Oh Come All You Faithful, it is an invitation. The words are O oh, Come, it's an invitation. He's inviting us to come. And so today, I want you to look at the song, the words of the song with me, and let's read them. You ready? O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. O come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. He is who? He's Christ the Lord. That song was actually written in the 18th century. Uh, The guy's name that wrote the song was uh, John Francis Wade. He was a Frenchman. And it was actually translated into English in 1841 by a guy by the name of Frederick Oakley. And he began to sing that, translate this song. He began to sing it as this invitation. The part that I would like to lean into today is the end of the song. And it is coming up on the screen and I'd like you to read it with me. Let's read it. Ready? Come on. Oh, come let us adore him. He's who? Come on, let's say it with some energy. Oh, come let us adore him. He's Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. And that's who he is. As a guy who was writing this song, I don't know about you, but as a writer myself, uh, I begin to try to envision, what are people thinking? You know, go a little bit, what are they thinking? And as I began to envision what he was thinking, because he's talking about, he's talking about, oh, come, let us adore him. And he talks about Bethlehem. Uh, then we, I realized that he probably was envisioning what we have seen many times as portrayed as a Christmas pageant or plague is that how that these little shepherds would come in and how the little wise men would come in and how Jesus would be in the manger. And and, and I, I can see that scene sort of coming out in his mind in his song, you know, because he talks about, again, coming to Bethlehem. But another side of me sees something else. I see the invitation that he must have read that Jesus gave, because Jesus gives an invitation in Matthew's gospel 11 and 28 and 29. And it says this, it says, What's those first three words? Let's say them out loud. You ready? Come on. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your what? Souls. Don't we need a little soul rest? I mean, a little deep resting. And what I want to tell you is that today I want to talk to you about people Jesus invites to come people Jesus invites to come and I want to share there's about four types of people I think that Jesus invites to come we see it in this song and we see it in the words of Jesus and so I would like to share the first one with you and the first one is Jesus invites faithful people he invites faithful people to come he invites faithful people to come now we talk about faithful being faithful we say what does that mean well, I can tell you that, you know, through 2020, we probably, you probably have had to experience some faithfulness because faithful people hang in there with God, no matter what's happening. When the bottom falls out of your life, you are still hanging in there with God. Whether it could be a, a financial loss, it could be a loss of a boyfriend or girlfriend. It could be loss of a spouse, meaning like through divorce or, and it could even mean the loss of a loved one as far as like even death. In those moments when it feels like that you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and nothing is changing, in those moments are the moments that you are required to be faithful. Amen, everybody? It's very easy, it's very easy to be faithful when everything's going your way, but when the bottom falls out of your life and you feel like you're in, a, you're in a dream that will never end, it is very, very difficult at that moment, and that is called being faithful when it doesn't feel like things are going your way or ever going to change. You see, you will never know that you are faithful until you've been tempted to be unfaithful, amen? So what I want to tell you that it sort of lets you off the hook because when you are going through something and all those thoughts are coming to your mind that God has forgotten you and what's the use and why should I go on and, and why, should I even call, why should I even pray anymore? When all those thoughts are going through your mind and, and you're tempted like everybody else, like all of us, that goes through all of our minds, but yet you don't give up on God, that's called being faithful, amen? And that's what God has called us to be, is to be faithful when we don't understand, I remember when I was 15 years old, I had just come to Christ. And I'm telling you, when God saved me, he saved me. I mean, he saved my life, I was on a wrong road, it was horrible. But I gave my life to Jesus and I remembered, somehow I stumbled across a radio station about nine o'clock at night and it was a Christian radio station, it was called 91.5. And there was a preacher that come on, his name was Dr. Paul Walker, I never will forget, forget him. Uh, Dr. Paul Walker, he was a senior pastor of Mount Perrin Church of God. And this guy, was, man, when he preached, I'm telling you, he was preaching and, and it was like every word just draw, drew me in. And, and it was, he was like a great orator. And I was like, wow. And the guy could just about quote the whole Bible. I mean, like, it was amazing. But I listened to him and I would listen to him every night. I would try at nine o'clock, no matter where I was, I wanted to hear what he had to say. And I remember him telling a story of his life how that, you know, he had, he had had two sons and his older son was Paul Dana. That was his name. And his son, how that, you know, he was a kid when he was growing up. He was the one that, you know, did good in school. He was the one that like, when he went to college, he played sports. He did great at college as far as academically, but also athletically. He, he's like set the school basketball scoring record. He was a great athlete. And that he had graduated college and his son had, had gotten married to a beautiful young lady by the name of Julie. And, and they were just launching out into their life and how his son wanted to go in and, and get his doctorate degree and, and, and continue to preach the gospel and be a pastor of a church and help people and all of that. And his, uh, his son, Paul Day, and his wife, Julie, went back to Lee University in Tennessee for a homecoming basketball game. There they, they celebrated their old alma mater and they was, got in their car and they started back home. And they were hit head on by a drunk driver. His son died at 24 years of age. With all this promise, he was one of the good ones. And here this pastor was, had given his life to serving God and doing whatever he can for God's kingdom. And now his son is gone. To make matters worse, it was a time of season... Of Thanksgiving and it was the week before Thanksgiving that the accident happened so the funeral would happen on Thanksgiving week and as they all gathered around the cemetery as they had their, their service and they all went to the cemetery and, and hundreds of people came out and they stood around the casket and they got just right before they concluded the service and the casket was to be lowered everyone was weeping And Paul Walker's wife, her name was Carmelita. Right there in that moment, her heart breaking, her son was gone. She began to break out in a song. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good too me. Why don't you sing that with me? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. At the moment that they were about to lay their son's body to rest, she sang the song. That's what you call being faithful, that knowing that God is always good when life is not always good. And my friend, that's what Jesus was leaning into in Matthew 11 and 28, when he said this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What was he saying? He was saying that life is going to be weary at times and it's going to be burdensome at times, but it's in that moment that you are faithful. If you would just come to me, that you will find me faithful in those moments that you don't understand. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. Let's say our statement again. It's coming up. You ready? Let's say it. Oh, come let us adore him. Who is he? He's Christ the Lord. He's Christ the Lord. The second thing I would share with you today is this, is Jesus invites the joyful. He invites joyful people to come. Joyful people to come. Now, there's a difference between joy and happiness, right? I mean, so so I want to define that for you. Happiness is on happenings. When my family goes to Disney World, we're happy. I mean, that's their job is to make us happy, right? I mean, it's like there's no sadness at Disney World. I mean, it's like happy. You know, we go there, we're all happy, but we come home and I got to pay the bill. I'm not happy anymore, right? I'm unhappy. And see, joy is different. Happiness is based on a happening, something good happening. But joy is based on someone great living inside of you. Amen, everybody? It's, li- it's based on Jesus Christ living inside of you. That's what joy is. And so today I want you to understand that we want to walk into joy. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Look what he says. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. You know that term "take my yoke upon you." You may not understand what that means. It means a partnership that we're in this together, like the old westerns. I don't know if you. My dad was a western. I mean, it's good grief. You know, cussing wasn't cussing in my home. If John Wayne said it, I mean, the Duke. You know, he's like goes way back. But in those old westerns, I would watch in my dad. You know, they they wouldn't. They didn't have. Uh, they didn't have tractors back in the, that, that time, and and so they had these two oxen that would be. Uh, together. They had this yoke on them. There was this brace that put them together. And they would be pulling a plow. And the man behind it would be, you know, ask, telling the oxen to go. And they would pull the plow. Or maybe maybe you're a little bit later than that. Maybe the Westerns that you watch, you, you remember them having the stagecoach. And there would be like, you know, six or eight, eight horses there side by side. And they would be yoked together, linked together so that they could all pull together. What Jesus is saying to you and me today in this scripture, he's saying, listen, take my yoke upon you. In other words, the, whole, the load that you're facing, you're not to face on your own. He said, I'm going to be a partner with you, and I'm going to partner with you in life, and that you're never going to be by yourself, that when you take my yoke upon you, you may not see me, but I'm always going to be there. Amen, everybody? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, look at this next verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 16 through 18. Oh, I love it. Because it says, be joyful When? Always, in the middle of COVID-19 pandemic, or COVID-19, we're in 2020, by the way, but it was COVID-19. Be be joyful always. And and then notice what he gives. He gives He gives a solution for being joyful always. He says, pray continually and give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice that. So if you say, well, Pastor Jeff, I don't have any joy right now. Well, here's, you don't have joy and then pray. (laughs) You don't don't pray when you feel like it and and you don't give thanks when you feel like it. No, he said if you're gonna have joy, you're gonna pray continually and you're gonna give thanks no matter what. Amen, everybody? And so when you pray continually and you give thanks all the time, then you get joy. (laughs) You don't get joy first. You pray continually, you give thanks unto God and when you do that, then you get joy. If you're Christmas season right now I was not feeling too joyful. I got a challenge for you. Why don't you make up your mind today that I'm going to talk to God all the time. That's what praying continually is. And I'm going to give thanks to God no matter what. Let me tell you something. God's been good to you. The fact that you're sitting right here today and the fact that you're watching online today is a symbol and a sign that God's been good to you. You know, he's made a way where it seems like there was no way. God has walked with you every day, every step of the way. And the reason that, that you're still here and, and the reason that you're not broke busted it and disgusted it's because God has been with you every step of the way he did not leave you maybe others have walked out on you but he's not walked out on you when they walked out he walked in and he's giving you the power that you need to do what you need to do everybody amen, amen. hold on amen pastor all right just you got an amen my amen God is do, God has been good to you amen everybody God, he saw you. You know, when this pandemic broke out and you didn't know what you was going to do and you were shedding those tears and you were fearful, you were anxious, you thought you were going to have a heart attack. It was God Almighty that comforted you. The reason that you've gotten better is because he made you better. Amen? Amen. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Good grief, I might just take off running myself. (laughs) Mm mm That is so true. It's God. It's God. Job. Job is the one to always look to when I'm going through something. How about you? You know, I feel like, oh, ain't nobody got it. They don't have it as bad as me. I can look at them and say, well, I got it worse than that. Job, nope. He had it worse. Job was a man in the Bible. The Job, Job's life was like, he was good. I mean, he, the Bible said he was an upright man. God loved you. He, was, he and God were like this. They were tight. And then all of a sudden, one day happened, a pandemic <laughs> of sorts. A storm come in, and all of a sudden, someone come running into Job. He was a wealthy man because of back then, the way you measured your wealth was how much cattle and sheep you had, how much, you know, how much of that inventory did you have? And somebody came into Job and said, listen, Job, won't you know there is a storm that's come through. It's hit every pasture that you have. It's a hailstorm, and it's killed every piece of livestock you have. He's broke. He was the wealthiest man, and all of a sudden, now he's broke. All of it's gone. And then, you know, that's bad enough. And then somebody else comes and says, hey, Job, well, whew, I've just made it. I'm the only one that made it. I was in the house with your, with your children. All your children were together in the house, and I was there with them. And I just decided I need to walk outside for something. And all of a sudden, a tornado come through and wiped that house out, Job. And all your children are gone now. They're dead. Right there. It was up to Job to choose joy. And then his wife stood up and said, Job, why don't you just go ahead and tell God, go straight to hell, curse him and die. Why don't you do that, Job? And in that moment, this was Job's response. A man who found joy. Listen to what he says. It says this. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell on the ground in what? In worship. In worship, and he said, "Naked I came into my mother's, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen." Job said, look, that's joy, my friend, when, when that, your whole world is it's collided and everything's falling apart. It's that joy inside of you that says Jesus is still alive no matter what. God's still on his throne no matter what. No matter what's going on in my life, hey, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Amen. You see what Job was trying to teach us is this. You don't know God is all you need until God's all you got. That's what his life tells us, that you don't know that God's all you need until God's all you got. And I don't know where you're walking through the day, but I'm telling you, my friend, that God is all you need. He will get you through what you're going through. Amen, everybody? God is all you need. You don't know that until God's all you got. And speaking of joy, I watched this through this pandemic this year. I watched so many of you show up here and serve. It is amazing. I know, I know some of you, some of you lost your job. Some of you, some of you, uh, you had family issues. Some of you lost loved ones. But yet on Sunday, you would show up here and through the week, you'd show up here to serve. And I just watched that joy flow out of your lives. And it just, it just moved me so much to think that, you know, there, we're all going through this and knowing what you have, some of you have been through and watching you show up to serve God. That's joy, my friend. And I want to challenge you, listen, We're about to walk into 2021. It's going to be the, I feel like it's going to be the year of the Lord's favor on the people of SEC. I feel that way inside of me. I feel like that we're going to get through what we're going through, but God's favor is coming. Because I don't know about you, but God's been doing a lot of stuff inside of me. I mean, like, you know what? I don't know about you, but I've repented of every sin since the time I I was uh, in my mother's womb. I mean, I've repented, asked God to forgive me for what I said to that doctor that slapped me on the backside when I was born. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny right there, everybody. That was a good one. I just come up. Boy, that's good talent right there. That's a Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> Some spirit, not holy. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I just went through as a God. Forgive me because I want to, man, I want to get it right. And you know what? I'm telling you that 2021 is going to be that kind of year. And I just want to invite you to get on the team with us. Maybe you're here, you know, and you've been around SEC a little while. I want to challenge you to make a plan to go through Growth Track in January 2021. Let's just go ahead and let you say, Why do I need to go through Growth Track? Because we want to get you on the team. God's calling for you is in your, on your life. We want to help you discover that and get on the team and find out where you can serve at. We don't want you serving every day of the week. You know, listen, at least once a month, you can, you can serve and, and bring joy to somebody else. That's how your joy becomes full is when you serve other people. Amen, everybody? Amen. So why don't you, on your connection card, just go ahead and just make a plan right now. If you've not went through Growth Track, just check that box. I'm going to go through Growth Track because God's going to do something really great uh, in our lives. Okay. All right, so let's say it again. It's coming up on the screen. Here we go. Oh, come let us adore him. Who is he? He's Christ the Lord. He's Christ the Lord. All right, the next thing I want to share with you, the third thing is this, is Jesus invites triumphant people to come. Triumphant people. What is it to be triumphant? That's people that have the spirit of winning. They know how to win. They're triumphant people. I think that that's what we need now and more than anything else is triumphant people. It's like, I'm not giving up. And you know, triumphant people don't get so stressed out because they know that it may not look like they're winning right now, but they know that they're going to because they've won before. They have experience at winning. And that's what God wants you to have with Jesus. He wants you to have a little experience with winning. Matthew 11:29, Jesus said this again. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. And he said, and you will find rest for your soul. See, you can be at rest with your soul when you feel like you're gonna win in the end. Amen, everybody? It may be hard right now, but you feel like you're going to win eventually, and that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to know that you can win. David, you know, remember David and Goliath? That David grew up, and he grew up, and he was a great king, and this is what he says in Psalm 62, and he says this. He says, my soul finds rest in who? In God. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock, notice that, and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Notice that. How do you get this kind of confidence? How do you have that kind of confidence? I'll tell you how, because when David was a teenager, he was out there uh, with his dad's sheep, and he was guarding them. His job was to just watch the sheep, make sure that you know, they're taken care of and they stay where they need to be. And while he was out there, one day he was watching the sheep. All of a sudden, a lion come out. And back then, we didn't have guns, people. You know, so a lion come out to attack the sheep. And David prayed, God, help me. And he went. David had to run toward his problem. You see, there's some problems you've got to get close to to beat. Amen? There's some things you have to quit running from. And you have to run to in order to get over it. Quit running from it, turn and face it, and face the lion. And that's what he did. That lion come out of the woods, and David went, and, and the Bible says that David killed the lion. He killed the lion. It was the power of God, and then also David felt pretty good about that. And then it wasn't much longer after that. Then all of a sudden, a bear come out. See, the problems sometimes keep get bigger, don't they? And but God helped you beat the lion, then maybe God will help me with the bear. Amen. And so David goes, and sure enough, with his with his hands, he kills the bear. He keeps his father's sheep safe. And so one day, David. David's father said, I need you to go to to your brothers. They're in the army and they're in a battle, you know, several miles away. And I need you to walk up there and take them some food. And David goes walking in again, a teenager. He goes walking into the the enemy, uh, to his brother's uh, army, the battalion there are. And then he hears hears somebody yelling and cursing his God. He said, who is that cursing our God? We shouldn't put up with that boys. Let's get them. It's like, no, we can't get them because that's a giant down there in the valley. His name's Goliath. He's nine, foot two, two, nine feet uh, tall and two inches. He's a huge guy. He weighs probably 500 pounds. He's a big man. No, we can't do that. And David heard him cursing his God. He said, no, 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 I'm going to go down and take that giant out. And, and so the king, like, the king heard that and he said, David, no, 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 you can't do that. And so David said, I'm going. So he said, well, all right, if you're going to go, at least put on my armor. He put on the king's armor and, and he walked around like this. He couldn't even move in that stuff. He said, king, I want you to know, I appreciate this, but I can't use this. I haven't proved it. He said, I'm going to walk down there. What was he walking down? There? What was in his hand? He didn't have a machine gun or anything. What was in his hand? The only thing that was in his hands was a towel. If you ever, like you take a towel, you twist it together, you got two ends. He brought the towel together like that. And he, in, the, in that towel, he'd set a little rock like that. It was called a sling. That's what a sling was. And so David walks down this giant there, got all this armor on. Can't you picture this? Got all this armor on. Got a big sword and a spear in the other hand, nine foot tall. He's nothing but a walking iron, uh, a piece of iron coming at David. And he looked at David and he said... What are you you what are you coming at me for? Am I a dog that you guys sent a child out? He said, Listen, little you little ruddy, smart mouthed kid, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna I'm gonna feed you to the birds today. And and David's like, you know what? He said, You come at me with a sword and a spear, but I don't come with you that. I come at you in the name of the Lord. And David took that little old towel that he had wrapped it together and put that stone in, and he began to twirl it like this. You know what? And he released it. And listen, if you and I had a towel and a stone in and we released it. We couldn't hit the back wall. We couldn't hit the wall. We could hit nothing. And I won't tell you, David wasn't that great of a shot either. <clears throat> he wasn't that great of a shot. But what he did know is he knew Almighty God, right? And so David said, this is not my battle. It's God's battle. And God's going to take you down. And he took that sling and he released it. And when he released it, you know, the same spirit that spoke the world into existence, the same God that hung the stars and the moon and the sun into place, that same Holy Spirit come down and got that rock. The only place that was open on that giant's body was a little place, right? in his forehead. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit of God come in and got behind the rock that David released and he let that rock be like a missile and that missile, that rock hit him right between the eyes. And when it did, that old big old giant just stumbled and he fell on the ground and it knocked him out. And before he could get up, David went over there with both hands, picked up that big old sword and he cut that giant's head off. Why? Because God is in control. What I want you to know today is that God called you to be a triumphant person. You're not, you know, you're not be a warrior. You're to be a warrior. Amen. For Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. You're a warrior. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're amen-ing. God's called you. You know that the Bible says this in, in the book of Romans. It was written. It said, you know what? Talking about the love of God. What can what can separate us from the love of God? He says, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Can, can tragedy? No. Can famine? No. Can a pandemic? No. There's nothing that can separate us from God's love. And at the end of that, he wrote these words that's coming on your screen now. Look what he says. Knowing all these things, we are more than what? We're more than what? We're more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. God calls you to be triumph, a, a triumphant person. He didn't call you to be a a victim. He called you to be a victor, everybody. And I want to tell you, some of us have got giants in our lives that God's helping slay right now. And it's not what you can do. It's it's not by might nor by power, but by God's spirit that you're going to see the miracles happen. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. God is so good to us. He's so good. I want to share something. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say this again. You ready? Oh, come, let us adore him. Who is he? He's Christ the Lord. He's Christ the Lord. The fourth thing I want to share with you is this, is that Jesus invites the sinner to come. Aren't you glad about that? He invites the faithful, he invites the joyful, he invites the triumphant, but he invites the sinner. He invites them, the sinner to come. You know, I want you to know something today. Is that we're going to go through another season, a Christmas season of celebrating Jesus but he will only be a baby in a manger to you unless you receive him into your life. It'll just be a cute story and you know, you will open gifts and and, and you'll be either greatly excited or greatly disappointed. You know, there's some people here today that you know that you've got your mind set on this particular gift and you think your husband or your your mom or dad has caught the hints of what you want and you're gonna open up that gift and it's not gonna be what you want. It's gonna be soap on a rope. It's one of the worst Christmas gifts I ever got and it still scarred me. (laughs) It's going to be something hard. You don't like it. But let me tell you something. Knowing that you have Jesus' Christmas and celebrating him. And I want you to do something. I want you to just bow your heads with me, everyone, and those that are watching as well. Would you just say, everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. Listen, today's truth, do you have Jesus living in you? Are you following Jesus? Are you have you asked him to save you and, and like not just ask but you be, ask enough and believe enough that where you say, okay, he's my Lord and I'm doing what he wants me to do, that's who he is. Right now, before we pray this prayer, if you're in this room and every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to ask you walk forward, any of that kind of stuff. I just want to pray with you. If you're in the room today and you say, Pastor Jeff. Today's the day I just want to give my life completely to Jesus. I want to be the Lord of my life. Would you just simply raise your hand? Nobody's looking but me, and we're just going to pray for you. are not going to call you out or embarrass you. Just raise your hand. I want, to, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, and he's not been. I want to give my life completely to him today. Oh, yes, I'm waiting on you, friend. God's dealing with your heart. You come today just for this moment. And you're going to have a Merry Christmas. Just slip, slip that hand up right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Anybody else in this room? Anybody else? Let's pray. Those that are online. Heavenly Father, right now we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us, oh God. Lord, today, help us to do your will. We believe you died on the cross, Jesus, and you rose for our sin, Rose from the dead. We thank you for that, and we believe that you're going to save our life. We will live our lives for you. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand for the work he just did? Amen, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message.